Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I am joined by Fran Mirabella III. Happy to be back. How's it going? to have you back. Did the smoke scare you? Yeah, I always think The Undertaker's about to come out. Exactly. Which is, I know you're what you guys the want. You're wearing The Undertaker, the classic oh, 90s this like, Taker look. Yeah, yeah there we go. You're Maybe he's you know? going to show up and rip it off of me. <laughs> How you doing, Fran? It's been a while. Doing well, yeah. Uh, I think the last time I was here, actually, it's only been a month or two, so not not too shabby. Good back. getting you back here. What you been up to? Anything, anything new? Nothing too exciting. I, I did get back into the Destiny grind because that came out. Might have been just around when I was here last time, but I went full in. I usually do that about once a year. Yeah. Um, now I'm about, I'm just done. Ground yeah. out for like the year, basically. So where are you at with Destiny then? So you, you're, you're grounded out for the year. You're, you're done. On, where, actually, where are we at with Destiny now that this big expansion well, came out? Like, are you expecting an, an, another one in the next year? Oh, yeah. There's always, uh, the, their cycle now is one expansion per year. They slipped from September to February. So you always get an expansion in February. And then it's four pieces of seasonal content. One launches with that expansion. But so it's every quarter, February, okay, okay. then May, the end of May, there's one. And so I always play the seasonal content. It's pretty light. It's like usually $10, you know, vibe, if that makes sense. But uh, I keep up with it. But this is where I usually go like big if I'm going to go big at all. Yeah, yeah, the one, the big yearly one. Do you think there's going to be a, a Destiny 3 or something that is like an even bigger drop than the annualized yeah, you know, drops? It's funny. I'm only laughing because I responded to like a, a Destiny podcast about they were like, the engine's too old. We need a Destiny 3, roughly speaking. That's what they said. And a lot of chatter all of a sudden has been, I guess it's been on everybody's mind. But it's because it's nine years later in yeah. Destiny. Everybody's feeling like it's the same. And what I said is, I'm like, it's not the engine. And of course, there's a billion reasons why your engine should always continue to improve. And it has, by the way, at Bungie. But everybody's, everybody wants Unreal Engine 5 now, of course. And, you know, the mm. point is people are very quick to say, we need a new engine. But games don't just happen as quickly as I think people, you know, think. Like, we're going to talk about Star Wars Jedi a little bit today, right? Like, it took longer than I expected, and we'll see. It's probably, my guess is, it looks similar, but it's a lot more content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going to see the same thing with Tears of the Kingdom. Like, think of how long that's taken. You can't just replace an engine and hope to get all of that. So, anyway, to answer the question... um, Next year is the final shape, which is the end of their sort of Star Wars. It was going to be a tri- trilogy, and then it's a, what do they call it when it's a quad? But anyway, it's a quad, quad saga. Quadrilogy, I guess. <laughs> they had, yeah, they had That's to, five. They had to, um, they had to actually slip in one more release to get to what's called the final shape next year. And that's supposed to end this light and dark saga, as they call it. Okay. And then we don't know what's next, but I think people want to believe there's a Destiny 3, and Bungie's been saying, no. It's not. It's even said about the engine, by the way. Like we've been continually improving it. You shouldn't be expecting a new engine. But um, the point is, I expect them to do a little bigger of a like new start, 
So expect some things maybe to go away and some newer things to show up, maybe a new part of the, the universe because it is set around sort of Earth and the planets we know. But um, I do not expect it to be like, well, we're going to blow everything up again and it's Destiny 3. Like, no, yeah. I wouldn't expect that at all. But that wouldn't be until like 2025 we're talking. I mean, do you think that the, the PlayStation Studios ownership of Bungie will affect Destiny 3 one way or another? If there's a Destiny 3 in the title, um, I mean, it's going to affect them in, in, in Sony's philosophies. But what I like about that is Sony, with most of these types of partners, whether it's Sucker Punch or, I mean, they like to do big cinematic. And this is their one, like, really, I mean, it is the online service game. So um, it will be interesting to see how Sony influence, influences that because Bungie already has this rhythm. And they're going to continue to release it for Xbox and all this other stuff. But um, I think, if anything, it's just more polished. Keep doing what you're doing and hopefully get some more resources to kind of plug some of these gaps. Um, the, the biggest problem with Destiny is it's been nine years, and if you've been playing it off and on or the whole time, it's just too samey. It is a very high-polished game, and I'd like to see other studios do this well. And I put that out there because a lot of people are like, meh, Lightfall Story was like, meh, and it gets that sort of like middling six and seven kind of vibe. But, like, the polish of the game is still all there. And, like, you know, you talk to Andy and other. Joey was addicted. And oh, yeah. It's quality. It's just it's the same roughly every year. Yeah. So yeah. they got to break that cycle. Whether they do it with Final Shape next year, we'll see. Otherwise, I do expect them to break the cycle a little more with whatever's in 2025. <laughs> you know it's the same every day, Fran? The fact that you can get your news live right here on Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday, 10 a.m., twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We come at you live with all of the video game news that you need to know. Uh, if you can't watch live, that's totally okay. You can watch later on YouTube or roosterteeth.com. You can also listen on podcast services by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily, and we will be right there for you. If you're feeling extra frisky today, give us Ooh. some thumbs up. Give us the five stars give us the 10 out of 10 reviews all the good stuff it really helps us get into the algorithm so that new people can find us and we can continue making fun stuff happen you know all about that algorithm, i love that Frank. you tell them to get into the algorithm and he's right yes. watch a next video after you watch this one that's part of the kind of funny ecosystem and if you want to be even <laughs> more a part of the kind of funny ecosystem patreon.com slash kind of funny is where you want to be because you get the show ad free you also get so much bonus content kind of beauty uh the shit list Greg Ways, so much amazing content. Remember, Blank, it's just great. Endless quality content for you to consume. Uh, to be part of the show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to write in with your questions, squad-ups, and more. Um, some housekeeping for you. A new Kind of Funny podcast is up right now on uh, youtube.com slash kindoffunny. It is one of those ones that is just an all-timer, friend. <laughs> Lots of great jokes. I was laughing the entire time. Nick <laughs> says some extremely ridiculous things. Um, not Maybe later in the show, me and you will have to talk about your thoughts on the the Creator Clash matchup oh, yeah, of Fran sure. Mirabella versus <laughs> Nick Scarpino in a boxing match. <laughs> yes, that did come up. Um, and then uh, before Jedi Survivor reviews go up, you should check out Barrett's absolutely amazing video essay about why Jedi Fallen Order is incredible. Uh, he fucking kicked ass on this thing. It is 30 minutes-ish. I don't remember the exact time, but it's about 30 minutes of ex an extremely high-quality breakdown of what makes Jedi Fallen Order special. And it's also a great refresher on what that game was and why it mattered leading into Jedi Survivor. So definitely go check that out. Uh, and then remember, we're trying something new after Games Daily 
daily before the daily streams we're doing a nice little games daily post show uh Woo. where we are going to hang out with you with Snowbike mike and we'll answer all of your youtube super chats about the stories from the show or whatever video game stuff you'd like to talk about um over on patreon there's a new episode of greg way up every single day this week greg is out so that means Snowbike mike is taking him up and you always want a little bit more mike in your life uh thank you to our patreon producers tripod plus plus and delaney twining today we're brought to you by rocket money but we'll tell you all about that later for now let's begin with what is and forever will be the roper report <laughs> it's time for some news <laughs> we have five <laughs> stories today a baker's dozen does story number one a psa for you everybody Star Wars Jedi Survivor spoilers have leaked online. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Be careful out there. We're not spoiling Mute it. Mute stuff. Of course we're not spoiling it. Don't spoil it for anybody else out there. Be Jerk cool. Bases. Uh, the highly anticipated Star Wars Jedi Survivor from EA's Respawn Entertainment isn't out for another few days. We're just days away from it. I know. That's very exciting. Uh, but heads up, spoilers have already leaked online. The leaker, who appears to have been sold a copy of the game a few days early, has already completed Jedi Survivor and took to Twitter to share their impressions, screenshots, and other details. These have also been shared on Reset Era, which we won't be linking to, so reader beware. The leak, which includes details about the ending, game length, the number of planets, new characters, and lots, lots more, even grabbed the attention of EA itself as its Star Wars account tweeted, no spoilers. Uh, Barrett brought up that tweet for you to see there um, where they just say, no spoilers. We're beyond excited for everyone to experience Jedi Survivor this week. We ask that you please be mindful of others and avoid posting or sharing spoilers. And remember, BD is watching. <laughs> what do you think, Fran? Um, you know, I'm wondering how much you mentioned a lot of stuff like, oh, number of planets. And uh, some of this stuff will probably come out in the reviews, which is tomorrow at 8 a.m. Pacific time. Is that right? It is. You can, you can watch can right here. out ours for sure. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. It'll be on the Gamescast. It's going to be a, a great one. Um, I mean, I guess we could say this, that like who's going to be on it. Right, Barrett? You want to want to let people know? I've got food in my mouth. You tell me. He had a thumbs mouth, up, It's going to be Greg Miller as our lead reviewer on this one. Uh, I'll be hosting it. Uh, we have Andy. We have Bless. And Barrett Courtney will be joining us. We have a full squad of people to talk Sounds about like Jedi Survivor. Really, really excited about it. But, yeah, I, you know, I'm curious to see how much comes out in just the normal review discussion, of course, with planets. and mm -hmm. But story stuff is always like, just don't do that. Like, especially if you got the game early, don't be that person is all. I mean, yeah, because even if you were like, hey, spoilers beware and you have this tweet thread, you, it, the problem is it will get spread around. People will use that divisively. Um, and that's the problem. Some people don't even play these games. They love to find out this crap and go in streams and other and just make people's life, you know awful yeah right now, absolutely so. so don't make people's lives awful that of course <laughs> that's don't my do message that. for today you know i do think that like that we are in this like modern era of social media and just media in general where more and more i think we're seeing the um creators themselves put out messaging of like like hey protect this experience for people and like come on like be cool um which like it's sad that that's where we're at but also it makes sense like things have evolved in just the way people yeah, communicate I mean like this this type of messaging i do think goes a long way but also like like take heed to it like i feel like this like the fact that the the people that have worked so hard in this game have to put out this messaging because there was a leak not to get ahead yeah, of it I, it's kind of unfortunate yeah i am some of you know this some of you don't but i am a very protective type person when it comes to spoilers so much that like i don't care how far back in time it goes just ask first oh wait is this a spoiler for you don't assume 
And some people are like, Fran, that is ridiculous. If you haven't watched Avengers Endgame, that's on you. And they get into this like, that's on you, bro. And I'm like, why? Like, I mean, I have, by the way, but I bring this up, Tim, <laughs> because you may or may not remember this story when we were doing fire team chat way back in the day, uh -huh. Sean Finney. Uh-huh. In the middle of the show, like we're talking about destiny. I don't know how it got into Marvel, and I won't sp spoil it just in case. But he threw out like one of the major deaths in Endgame. He's like, oh, well, so-and-so died. And I was like, and, and you see my face live on the show. And he's like, oops. And I was just, I was so pissed, though. Because they ruined, the point is, you ruined the movie for me. Couldn't you have just asked or been careful? Yeah, yeah, th so, that's true. You can always be more careful. I do think it's context sensitive. And I, I, we get a lot of shit for, for spoiling stuff on shows. And yeah. some, some of it, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Totally understand. And everyone has their, their different things. And that's totally fair. I th personally, my stance on it is try not to ruin experiences for people. And like, you're not yeah, always going to get that right. you take something away from them. Uh, yeah, totally. And I don't want to do that. Like, I, I love sharing things with people. I love like seeing people experience stuff for the first time and all that. So like, I am yeah. a, a, the number one fan of like the experience. Careful. Uh, but especially when people don't, for me, it's when people don't have the opportunity to have the experience. Like right here, it's like people yeah. that want to not be spoiled. Yeah, can't they, play they don't the even have the they, opportunity. They yeah. want to right now. Um, so I feel like it's like extra, extra, extra sensitive. I think as things go on, the sensitivity kind of drops down definitely, a bit. But definitely. Um, but yeah, it's, where, where are you at with the Survivor? Are you itching for it, Fran? I am. I'm just so far back in the backlog now. I guess I feel defeated. Um, but yes, I, I loved um, Star Wars Jedi when it came out. Fallen Order, right? Yep. This is just Survivor. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I loved it. I was super into it sort of... Uh, I don't know. It was like, to me, it was almost a Metroid-ish, Tomb Raider-ish, with a touch of Sekiro kind of Star Wars adventure. Um, and so I loved a lot about it, other than some of the, the backtracking and whatnot. But even that was fine by me, you know, especially yeah, if you're for a Metroid guy out the gate. Yeah. Um, and they fixed some of those, I believe, fast travel points later. So anyway, I was curious to see what they do here. I'm always in these games about the feel I mean, every high-polished game, it's about the feel of the saber and your moves and, of course, the skill trees. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it's going to come down to for me. And, like, I have some memorable boss fights in Fallen Order and obvious, like, moments where I was like, oh, man, that was, like, the lightsaber battle that yep. I wanted and it felt really good. And so can they continue that pace of, like, oh, and it feels even better now? Well, we'll see. Either way, I know it's going to be a good time. Yeah, absolutely. So you say you have a big backlog. Is this going to jump to the, the front of it? or mm -hmm. Okay. So like this when this game I'm comes out playing. this week, boom, Fran Mirabella, twitch.tv slash FM3. Yes, I'm definitely playing it. I, what I hesitate on is can I continue to play? It's probably a good, for me, it's probably going to be a 40-hour type game. Probably at least. So that's what I wonder. Like, am I going to, because Zelda comes out. May 12th, I want to yeah. say. It was like right We're around two the weeks away. So I was like, Zelda, that's man. like, if I don't finish it before Zelda, I'm screwed. But yeah, no, it's, it's the priority. I'm super excited. And yeah, I don't want any spoilers on this one either. Yeah. FM3 underscore. My bad. Twitch.tv yeah. slash FM3. I underscore. hate the underscore, obviously. If, if you search FM3 though on Twitch, you can find it. It's yeah. Easy, Lean so. into the underscore, Fran. Lean into no. it. No, 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 no. <laughs> so we're, we're here, Fran. It's, it's, we are uh, a week away uh, from, or within the week of Jedi yeah. Survivor, within Oh my God! Within two weeks, see, <laughs> you see? Of, of Zelda, what what's your Zelda hype levels? You're one of the the bigger Zelda guys I know as well. Yeah, I'm super excited for Zelda. Um, it's the same sort of like slight hyperventilation mm -hmm. on the like, uh, 
I want to, it's weird too, that I'm now playing games like as my main thing. Right. But it's hard to find that rhythm of keeping, you know, Twitch moving at the right speed. Right. Um, so I've been playing a lot of destiny cause that got a lot of response, obviously, um, where people have dropped in and out. So th- frankly, that was part of it too. I played a ton of destiny because it was a good time to do it, but also I sort of has been like a good spot on late night Twitch for that. So that's been good, but it's starting to stretch for everybody. Like we're through all the content. So anyway, long story short. Yeah. I'm going to, I mean, yeah, just looking at the footage, yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's so- I, 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 the last thing I would say is I regret because I was still changing from leaving IGN, doing all sorts of things at the time uh, when Breath of the Wild hit, I believe. And I regret not going super deep. Like with Elden Ring, I went 300 hours. And so I could see myself doing something like that with this game. So, so with Breath of the Wild, then what did you do? You beat it. I just beat it. Yeah, okay. And, and tons of like the deeper sides I didn't do. I mean, it's, um, it's, it's a lot of Korok seeds, you know. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to do the Korok seeds. That I don't, I care way less about. What's up, Kevin? Um, <laughs> I care way less about. Uh, but you're trying, like, you're, you're hoping to get to shrines and stuff like that. Yeah, do all the shrines. Um, also, just different builds, but also fight the, um, what are the bigger uh, centaur type? Uh, oh, the Lynels. Yeah, the Lynels. I didn't do, there was, like, multiple Lynels to fight and stuff, They're right? So, so scary. I know, and, like, I wanted to, like, master that, but I never did, and so I definitely regret some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. Like, this trailer, I think, is, like, so special because, like, I know to a lot of people, they look at this and, like, oh, what? I don't see what's what's the big deal. But, like, to people that love Breath of the Wild and that love Nintendo and that love Zelda, this, seeing this trailer, it's like, whoa. I feel like every single bit about it, like, you can feel the magic. Like, you kind of just understand exactly what the experience is going to be from what they're giving here. But there's also that mystery. There's also that X factor. But that first shot of Link, like, jumping down like falling from the sky and the camera oh, going around yeah, him yeah you're immediately like i get it I'm yeah in. and and all these shots of and this is what i love about nintendo and their sort of imagination of like all of these shots where you see stuff floating in the air above a world you've already kind of explored and like all of the new building and physics stuff it's super exciting i mean i think we're gonna see some truly like crazy clips that are coming out of this oh, of yeah. like people building like like look at this stuff it's absolutely insane looking and um that's why man i think if you get into this game it three to five hundred hours even easy <laughs> like seriously like if you're like crazy about it yeah um but but we'll see yeah exciting stuff everybody be careful out there with spoilers yes. for for jedi and then i'm sure with zelda i mean already with zelda there was the art book that leaked uh back in in january i think so uh be careful out there remember to mute hashtags and like do all the things yeah. you need to do to protect yourself uh because there's going to be a lot of bad people out there that are trying to protect your good time <clears throat> um story number two sega of america cohort moves to unionize this is from uh, jeffrey rousseau at gamesindustry.biz A unit of 144 staffers at Sega of America have filed for a union election with the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB, for those in the know. Uh, As reported by The Verge, the cohort known as the Allied Employees Guild Improving Sega, AEGIS, consists of employees from departments that include live service, marketing, and product development. The unit's partnered with the Communications Workers of America. Uh, In its statement regarding the unionization effort, the group said in part, our workers and our audiences deserve games made by people who make a 
living wage. In our quest to reclaim our collective power, we've built bridges with fellow workers from across our company in an effort to understand our shared issues. Uh, the unit also said that nearly a third of Sega staff aren't full-time workers, lack paid time off, and do not have access to bereavement leave. The cohort's goals in forming a union include higher base pay for all staffers, improved stable benefits for all staffers, clear outlines for career advancement, balanced workloads and schedules, adequate staffing to end overwork. This follows, of course, on a trend in the industry of uh, yeah, many other, uh, on, on every side of the, the games industry, kind of unionizing in different ways to kind of get the needs met um, of just treating people right. I feel like that's the thing is with all of yeah. this. It's like, just people just need to be treated right. And uh, the bigger the companies, I feel like this has just become more and more of an issue. Um, and the, the thing that really, like, I, I see here is, like, the nearly a third of Sega staff aren't full-time workers. It's like, if they are full-time workers, like, doing full-time work, but they're contractors, like, this shit just needs to stop, man. Like, people are just being so abused by all of this. And industries all over, but, like, especially in games, it's, like, the standard. And uh, yep. to see some change against that happening and more and more, I don't even want to say slowly, it's starting to happen kind of quickly, I think it's a great thing to see. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, I think uh, financially things are just getting a lot tighter as well over the years since the pandemic and it's starting to show even more and more the work from home culture too of like people realizing like wait like where have i wasted time with things and you know uh, all of that meaning coming together and people realizing like yeah like if you're not at the top of some of these companies like it can be very average or just bad right and like uh, what I'm leading to with this is it's been so many just decades and decades of like capitalism and all of the above of like well, that's just how the businesses are built and what the investors expect. But like these people at the top that have five bedroom homes, they're just they're complacent that they're like, well, yeah, I have a five bedroom home because that's my job at my level. And sorry if you can barely make the rent and get food. Like that's where it breaks down, right? You got a third of your staff that's just like they're doing okay while you're super profiting. Um, maybe time to balance things out a little bit. Yeah, it's all about the balance. It's all again to me. It's all about treating people right. As long as people are being yeah. treated well for like what they are doing and the expectations are being met, things are being asked, things are being done, things are being rewarded, and those all just kind of need to be equal across the the board. I think, um, and we're seeing more and more of that. And again, as as more and more acquisitions are happening in the in the space, um, I mean, Sega itself, like we were talking about acquisition stories last week with uh, them acquiring uh, Rovio. Right, mm -hmm. that's going to create uh, huge another another issues, right? Yeah. Power dynamics and everything, and like more layoffs are essentially uh, guaranteed at this point. Yeah, um, as they continue to to roll out everywhere. So, um, hopefully, this ends up working out for them and creating a, a better workplace for all the for the people at uh, Sega, and then hopefully, this makes sense for other places as well. Yep. Um, story number. Three, everybody. Asus. Asus? Asus. I honestly don't know. I say both. Asus Raj Ali launches on May 11th and is going to be under $1,000. This comes from Katie Wickens at PC Gamer. Uh, the Asus Raj. Is it the Raj? It's actually Republic of Gamers is what it stands okay. for. So it's probably Rog. No, it's not. But but it's Republic it's of really? Gamers. really? Yeah. That's their sub-brand. Asus See, I say Asus, and then Republic of Gamers is their, like, I think it's their higher-end gaming stuff. Like, I have a number of Asus. 
that help? Oh, it's Republic of Gamers, man. I, there's something about that that really rubs me you the know, wrong I get, way. I better double check. Wait, am I going to get a That's correction? That's a weird vibe. But also, like, when this comes out, no, can it someone is Republic make Games. a custom skin with Roger's face all over it? <laughs> yes. Oh, love that. Love that. The Asus Republic of Gamers ally. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the ally there you makes go. it even weirder. It, yeah, uh, it has an official launch date of May 11th. Um, it's Alfredo's birthday. Uh, that's hey. a lot sooner than many of us expected to see the, the new uh, Steam Deck rival, a Wii PC that Asus is promising will <laughs> redefine handheld gaming. Uh, the company's <laughs> been seeding us with some solid data ready for its upcoming launch event, including the super bright 120Hz 7-inch screen's response time and the machine's confirmed pair of AMD Ryzen Z1 series chips. Asus is also promising three months of Game Pass Ultimate with each purchase, giving users instant access to hundreds of AAA and indie titles the moment they boot their ally that's really really smart and an awesome move uh that's a pretty neat way to get people up and running qu uh, quickly and to get around the potential limitations of handheld hardware noise and battery life uh there's been no admission on what sort of battery life we should uh be able to expect out of the raj ally however it's uh, however and also no real hints at the final price the closest we got was an Asus representative assuring us that while the retail price was being held back for a reveal at the May 11th launch event, I can tell you for sure that the price will be below $1,000. So expect $999.99. Yeah. Uh, and then Tom Warren has a tweet here saying, uh, Microsoft's head of Xbox devices will be part of the uh, Asus Raj Alley handhelds launch on May 11th. <laughs> I doubt it's much more than the usual partner stuff, but I sure hope Microsoft's series considering tailoring its Windows UI for Steam Deck competitors. I wonder how it feels to hold, you know? That's always the big... That is the big one, man. And I feel like as these things... We've seen a couple now. These uh, The Steam Deck competitors come out. Logitech had its... Um, and uh, seeing this one come out, I feel like this is going to be a bit more on the beefier side, kind of trying to actually compete a little bit more head-to-head -head on the the tech front yeah um are you are you a steam deck do you have one no i don't i would you have love any one. interest in one yeah absolutely what are you but, what's holding you back uh the money yeah i mm. just not gonna spend the money on that like versus everything else um but i also don't travel as much and i don't like lay in bed and play games and so like my use case is a lot lower on it too but Back when I traveled a lot more and was always on the road or headed here, et cetera, um, having one, like, I always used to carry my Switch around, right? So Yeah. That, that's what I was going to ask is, like, how does this, you know, stack up in the world of Steam Decks, um, the Republic of Gamers ally from Asus, mm -hmm. uh, and um, maybe if PlayStation's working on something. I mean, do you see that Switch spurned all of this? I'm kind of curious. Uh, I mean, do you think Steam Deck would have happened and this would have happened regardless? Uh, I, I think it's one of those things where, like, hindsight's 2020, And uh, I don't think necessarily that it's, like, just because of the Switch. But I do think that the Switch opened a market differently and, like, changed the way we understand handheld gaming. Uh, or portable gaming is probably a better way to put it at this point. Yeah. Um, because I feel like some of the charm of the Steam Deck is the ability to plug it into a TV. You know, and and right. just take it with you and have like just like a, a mobile desktop essentially uh, that's not a laptop that is more gaming focused um, and uh, built around delivering that experience. But I think that there's just the I, I've said this a million times this console generation, but I feel like this is the first gen where Xbox, Sony, and Nintendo 
are all kind of doing their own things. They have their own priorities and their own kind of voice and vision in terms of mm -hmm. what you expect, whether it's Nintendo doing the actual Switch thing of they no longer have the 3DS and console. It's just one thing that they're providing games for and they're the Nintendo experiences we expect. PlayStation continuing to define those like quadruple five quintuple a uh <laughs> you know ex like blockbuster experiences we expect and then mm -hmm. xbox with the game pass kind of methodology of like it's going to be about quantity it's going to be the subscription um we're going to focus on from indies to triple a of just kind of giving you a lot of things um over time then you have the pc like side the of things trying to describe the xbox strategy as we but wait it, but you're right but it is it is and but, it's successful there but it's for also that reason. once we have things like starfield hopefully is a banger and yes. what and I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with it. It's just funny to hear like, oh man, PlayStation quintuple, because they got they do they have it on lockdown. Stuff's already out the door. Uh, we know where Nintendo's been at for many many years. I won't get into it. Um, and then Xbox is like, well, they got this subscription and uh, lots of stuff will on fall there. One day. The dominoes. The dominoes. <laughs> are, you know, new, new, I, I, I like that. Xbox Game Pass for the record. I, I've defended stuff like Halo Infinite, which is going to come around. And but anyway. I, yeah, no, it's off track. Yeah, no, it's not off track. I mean, look, that is... It's funny to hear you describe them all back to back. Yeah, but I think at least in terms of vision and in terms of, like, their priorities and what they're... The proofs of the pudding, what they have done. So it's, I'm not just, like, talking out of my ass. Like, no. This is what they have done and what they're continuing yeah, to and do so far. Uh, but the PC side of things, I think, is very interesting because PC, this maybe. generation as well, I think PC has defined itself as, like, the biggest increase in the pie chart of gamers that it's ever been like i feel like the pc is now a tenant of the uh of video games in a way that it used to be more of a niche thing where it was like yeah pc gamers played counter-strike or they played warcraft or they played whatever now pc gamers are playing the same games we're playing on console yes yeah and and at large like you're saying i mean pc gaming has become very cool don't listen to greg miller it is absolutely awesome and it always looks a lot better than your playstation 5s okay <laughs> much as i love the playstation 5 it looks gorgeous but it runs at five frames a second you know what i'm saying tim i know what you're the saying baby. No. Um, <laughs> but yeah like it is part of the xbox strategy though you forget the windows side the pc side Xbox, you know, Game Pass, PC, et cetera. And, and uh, but for those asking, yeah, the, the ROG Ally runs on Windows. Um, I was just looking that up. According to The Verge hands-on here that they published, I was trying to see if it was an OLED screen. I didn't quite find that, but um, I doubt yeah, it. it's going to be expensive. It's going to run Windows. Will the battery hold up for long enough to make it worth your while, however you're traveling with it? I mean, most people, right, it's going to be on the bus, in a car, on a plane, um, or at school or work. Or See, whatever. I'd be really interested in this. Like, this is what uh, we were talking about earlier with the, um, the the handheld versus portable. Like, the, the weird little nomenclature that comes with this where I am very interested in the average use cases of the Steam Deck and of those type of products. Because I think that the Switch, there is that, because of how Nintendo games are designed and because of the user base that it has, I would be willing to bet that um it's a pretty balanced thing between people that play docked people that play undocked people that exclusively have their switch at home or people that bring their switch with them places yeah with the steam deck i i get the vibe that yes there are the the enthusiasts that travel and take it with them and all of that but i see it more as a convenient way to be able to play your games like in different rooms of your house as opposed to yeah, taking that it too. with you um, which I, I know doesn't sound like that big of a difference, but I do think that it, that changes the, the expectations and um, requirements for the battery life. Yes. 
Yeah, no, you make a good point. Like, I skipped that. That's a big one. People just sitting around, like, with their families and friends, and, like, they might just be playing Switch while somebody watches TV. The whole, like, original, like, commercial that yeah. they did that we at first were like, huh, that's interesting, like, is legit. And people get, I, like, all the time I see people do I'm like, why don't you just plug it in? They're like, I'm good. And I'm like, eh. But you, like, they might even have a TV and a dock available, but they're good. Yeah. And it's a totally well, different way to play. Switch games might look better handheld because than a big-ass 4K well, TV, yeah, but that's a, a different a lot better. <laughs> don't even get me started. Zelda's, we don't have a 1080p Zelda still in 2023. I mean, I don't have the data on the new one, but I guarantee you, it's not going to be native I mean, 1080p. Am I going to be a nasty little boy and still play it on my big 4K OLED? Like a you should. Like a little uh, fuck? It, yeah, I am. The good news is it will look good because of their, their Nintendo's good at handling their style. It's a little at, smushy. You know, 849. 9p or whatever it ends up at but um <laughs> anyway i got off track on that one what was i even saying no, we're, we're talking about like kind of like where the the raw jolly kind of fits into all of this Raj, uh dude. yeah and and i i feel like it uh it it makes sense it's, that there's going to be a lot of these and i think that um from what i know of the republic of gamer stuff it's like if there's they do phones as well and like they represent a a niche of a niche where it's like they are kind of the more like we're the fucking gamers. Things are going to have LED lights everywhere. This thing's going to have fucking raw power, man. Uh, and I yeah. feel like Steam Deck is a bit more like, yo, we, we're, we're trying to make things verified. And like we use Steam and all this. This being Windows, I think it represents the more PC enthusiast side of, oh, big, um, of it, these things. As opposed to like the Steam Deck, which I think is targeted towards that, that more core PC gamer that I was talking about earlier that we've gained this generation. Yeah. No, I mean, you nailed it. It's like it is a miniature PC that you can play like Switch in your house. I think that's a good way to look at it more than anything, probably. Um, and then you can dock it and you have like a mini PC that we all will see. I don't know if the dock uh, provides any other benefits. It looks like it's just plugged into a display port, but it's also I'm looking at a photo where it's hooked up to like another um device which uh i'm we'll assuming more it's info just, on may 11th like yeah, i think I, that's i think that's just like usb connecting things um so my guess is you're not going to get more power with a dock on it without i, I haven't read on it at all yeah clarity, but, we'll, we'll see i mean they, but they it's could. expensive and exactly i mean pc gaming tends so, to be when it comes to the high-end so, side of it so to cap it off ultimately if you're going to sit around your house or maybe bring it with you and and be careful with it it could be really awesome um as long as it feels good and doesn't have like crashing problems but if you just want to play PC games, then you're going to get way better quality for the price of whatever this is by just buying a <clears throat> PC. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> like this is all miniaturized and not going to perform nearly as well for the same price. But of course, you know that it's use case stuff. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the thing I'm most interested here is the Xbox integration where them giving the months of Game Pass is huge. And on top of that, it being based on Windows. Like, we keep talking about this, that, like, Game Pass slowly is just kind of infiltrating everybody, where it's like, cool, the focus on the Samsung TV gaming hub stuff, where Xbox Game Pass is just on Samsung TVs, you buy it, and it's just there, and you can pay for it, and then you can just play games, yeah. and guess what, if it's, you're getting the trial on this thing, and it's, the more places Xbox Game Pass is, and just works, and is enticing people that are interested in the hundreds of games from indie all the way up. Guess what? Indie games are going to run great on this. Oh, yeah. Um, I just think that that is the, the the strategy that Xbox has been really kind of betting on that hopefully is then met with the Starfields and things like that later where people will be playing Starfield via Game Pass on the Raj Ally later this year. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe, Barrett.
Just put Roger's and, face on it. That's all I need. And thanks to chat and a quick look, according to The Verge, the XG Mobile eGPU docking station gives you far more powerful graphics with a single cable. So apparently they also have some additional juice in the dock. Man, this thing uh, is going to be expensive. That's where tech's at, baby. <laughs> like, I, I think it's interesting that, like, we're we're just at this point that, like, things that we would want. Like, we would want the ability to upgrade things and make them run better when you plug it in and all that stuff. That's PC gaming, baby. Uh, but you know what else is a great deal? That's not even a segue. That's not even a segue. Patreon.com slash kind of funny gets this show ad free. But for everyone else, guess what? You're in my ad world, baby. Here they are. <laughs> Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use. Or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right. You, you, you out there. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket Money money.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny this episode is brought to you by shopify forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell with Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back, everybody. Story number four, Sony Shuhei Yoshida says AI will change the nature of learning for developers. This comes from Tom Ivan at BGC. SIE's Shuhei Yoshida, a.k.a. Shu, has discussed the major impact AI is set to have on game development. In an interview with The Guardian, Yoshida was asked what he thinks about developers' concerns that AI could replace human effort in disciplines like art, music, and coding. Uh, Yoshida said developers will need to learn new skills to effectively use AI, which he believes will ultimately have a positive impact on game development. Quote, it's a tool. Someone has to use the tool. 
AI can produce very strange things, as you must have seen. Uh, you really have to be able to use the tool well. AI will change the nature of learning for game developers, but in the end, development will be more efficient and more beautiful things will be made by people. People mean might not even need to learn programming anymore. If they have learned how to use these tools of the future, the creativity is more important, the direction, how you envision what you want. Yoshida gave The Guardian an example of how AI is being used by smaller teams to help them create projects that might otherwise be out of their capability. Quote, I was going through 15 pitches in a competition for indies in Japan just this morning, and one of them had amazing, beautiful graphics made by a small team of students. Uh, they said they used Midjourney, the AI art generator, to create the art. That's powerful. That's a small number of young people that can create an amazing-looking game. In the future, AI could develop interesting animations, behaviors, and even do debugging for your program. The AI conversation continues, Fran. Yeah. What, where are you at with all this? Um, I mean, I agree with Shu's optimism. Um, and what I mean by that is like it's early um, and yeah like we've seen some really amazing stuff from AI and I think about that a lot now generating concept art and background but like yeah it's hard to replace like a cohesive vision and creativity for like if you look at games like whether it's Tears of the Kingdom or Elden Ring or like Elden Ring's a very good example where you're like that is a twisted crazy fantasy it's gorgeous uh, it's wondrous could AI come up with all of that in the same way without somebody helping it along? Probably not right now. <laughs> and yeah. that's why I'm like, you know, it's, it's amazing to see how much it's progressing. So, like, who's to say in five, ten years, can we teach AI to be more creative and consistent? And, like, it's already just getting out the gate, you know? So it's, it's definitely scary, Um because I think everybody's thinking about that, like, will it be replacing people's their jobs? Like, just think concepts are concept artists. Like, we all we already have stuff like Fiverr, which is a workforce of people that work for much cheaper than hiring people, right? And sometimes people are like, oh, I'll just get an editor on Fiverr, and like, it's somebody in another part of the world that will work for way cheaper than somewhere else. And now you plug it AI, which is other than the people like running the software, et cetera, it's like doesn't charge you. You know, so it's scary in terms of like potentially putting people out of work. If it's like, hey, I need concept art for this new thing I'm working on. You could potentially right now or very soon get a pretty good, you know, storyboard out of like AI. So, um, but yeah, I don't think there's any replacement between that and like getting to like Elden Ring right now. Um, but we'll see long run yeah i mean i think there's definitely a lot to be uh scared of and for good reason when it comes to all this in terms of um people's jobs but also just in terms of like the the artistry and the control of everything i do think that at the end of the day what she was saying is right of it is a tool and it depends on how people are using it there's so many for every pro there's a con uh, i think when it comes to the ai stuff because like even hearing them talking about mid-journey where it's like a lot of that stuff is like it's taking art that they don't own to that yeah. repurpose and turn into something else. Yeah, it's learned. But you know what these... that reminds me of? People doing Let's Plays and everyone gets upset that Nintendo doesn't allow people to Twitch stream their game. <laughs> it's a very similar situation. Like not everything is perfectly ethically correct and all that, but it's the reality we're in. And it comes down to this eventual gut understanding of what's right and what's wrong mm -hmm. and uh people working together to create things and i think that uh there's going to have to be standards and i feel like that is the biggest concern i have is that this is going to grow and uh like fix itself too quickly for people to be able to stop and be like what are the rules around this like what are the yeah. correct 
what's the correct kind of moral compass on how we're going to uh, work with this technology that is incredibly helpful. And AI, it's not like it's a new thing. It's been around for a very long time. And so many things that we use every day have been using it. I mean, including video games, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and your phones and all this stuff, like Google and like the way you search for things and all this, it's like AI is incredibly important. Um, but we need to be able to be in control of that AI. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it definitely occurs to me that, I mean, we're going to be getting to that point of in the same way where it's like supporting content creators and, you know, folks like that versus, say, the big companies and the corporations. And now you've also got AI in the mix. And in other words, I feel like we almost will be getting to the point. You kind of need some disclosure where it's like, wait, how much of this was supported with like real humans versus AI, you know, and like that's again, it's a scary world. But like, I think that's going to be really important is understanding what you're supporting that as this grows, right? Like it's the same as when you order off of Amazon versus like a mom and pop shop. It's a big decision actually, cause you're going to put the mom and pop shop out of business and you should think about that stuff. Um, and AI is now going to play. But having that. said that, it doesn't make you a bad person for buying on Amazon. No, 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 no. Yeah. yeah. All I'm, I'm saying, just saying is like, there is, there is the thing of like, it. you're right. Where it's like, you, like there, you should support the mom and, and grop shops, uh, <laughs> where possible because like they, they, they need the help more than Amazon, but there's the convenience of Amazon that people have bought into and that has all kind of worked into how yeah, we ex the expectations of things and so that that to me is where it's like we and you there's so many like laws and or labor issues with amazon that people talk about all the time that's the stuff that i think is important is like exposing where the issues are uh with the with the things and with ai right now the issues are abundant <laughs> they are everywhere and they are easily pointed out yeah yeah and it may be just be preferential like i, I guess i think about that a lot more as like the, of course now being more of a self-author authorship you know is like people who are out there doing it on their own and as part of like freelancers and artists and that's what i'm thinking about here is like hopefully um we're not hearing all of a sudden tons of stories about all these artists that you, they were freelancers but now they can't even find work because ai is just it's easier, you know, it's the fiver of, of that now, but, um, best case scenario. And it's still early on is like, this will help speed up game development and let them do more things. I mean, that's the way I think everybody probably is looking at it and hopefully implementing it as part of whatever Epic is doing as part of Unreal and building their AI suite. And that's where you want to see it, like speed up things, let creative people do even better things versus, replace what they're doing <laughs> yeah give them more time absolutely and like the way i i see this stuff too is like i i am an optimist when it comes to a lot of the technology stuff and like you can disagree with me that's fine uh Maybe but i will but here with the uh the 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 last statement he said about the the small team that was making a pitch and all that stuff i look at this as like they're not going to end up making an ai game i'm looking at this as like they are now finding talent that have the creative vision that know how to use these things to do a good pitch to then be able to create something with potentially playstation yeah uh whether it's on the indie side or, or not as shuhei and that team have proven they support year after year after year with the with the playstation ecosystem yeah uh story number five metacritic pledges stricter moderation after horizon forbidden west dlc gets review bombed uh this comes from andy robinson at bgc popular review aggregation site metacritic has pledged to introduce stricter moderation after sony's horizon forbidden west burning shores dlc was review bombed by users 
God, fucking get a life, you fucking losers. (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, The Horizon Forbidden West story expansion was was released last week and was widely praised by critics for its story and gameplay additions. Uh, However, one plot point appears to have led the game being review-bombed on Metacritic, where it currently has a user score of 4 and was as low as 2.7. The plot point seemingly inspired many users to give the game a critical rating on the site. In response to the review-bombing, Metacritic and fandom told Eurogamer they're aware of the abusive and disrespectful reviews of Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores and claimed they were currently evolving our processes and tools to introduce stricter moderation in the coming months. No spoilers, by the way. Not going to spoil this for you. Um, Fandom is a place of belonging for all fans, and we take online trust and safety very seriously across all our sites, including Metacritic. The statement reads... Metacritic is aware of the abusive and disrespectful reviews of Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores, and we have a moderation system in place to track violations of our terms of use. Our team reviews each and every report of abuse, including, but not limited to, racist, sexist, homophobic insults to others, etc., and if violations occur, the reviews are removed. We're currently evolving our processes and tools to introduce stricter moderation in the coming months. How did this not happen for Last of Us Part Two? You know? Did it I not? Feel like I that mean, was like a huge like uh, thing. Like it, it did, didn't it? Probably did, but apparently not well enough. But know? I mean, I think that it did. But then the the, the reviews eventually got uh, deleted, so we don't see okay. it. But All I right. mean, I feel like that that was a news story. I mean, I feel like any time there's um, a a woman, <laughs> pretty much, uh, this ends up happening, which is fucking horrible. And uh, we see this on the movie side as well, like Captain Marvel and all of that. It's like. I mean, yeah, I mean, here, the user score, right? 5.3 uh, on Metacritic for Last of Us Part 2. As everybody can unanimously agree, Last of Us Part 2 is a 5.3 out of 10, right, Fran? A point, a point 0.8. Oh, that's an 8? Yeah. Damn, that... Get some glasses. Too. No, it's not, it's not glasses. That is no, a... I know. The do not put white great. on fucking <laughs> yellow. <laughs> I mean, I can read it fine. I mean, yeah. Anyways, um, don't do this shit. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I was like paging through. There's like zeros and ones and fours in the Metacritic. It's it's so absurd. Like zero? <laughs> I didn't even know you could give a game a zero. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like yeah. that? That's like does not work. That should be the, the like literally. It does. That's a zero. There's no rounding down of like <laughs> past a one. Anyway, is that real? Am, am I seeing this right? I didn't didn't know you could give a game a zero because it does not make any sense. So all of y'all that (laughs) are on here giving games zeros, you've exposed yourself as an absolute idiot. Like, because you can't give a game a zero. I'm sorry. Anyway, Metacritic shouldn't allow that. But um, anyway, I don't know what they got in a tizzy about. Were you hinting that it might have had something to do with the story? I I don't don't know. I'm just like, uh, we're not spoiling it. Okay. Uh, I had Bless go in and, and make sure to take out whatever references to whatever it was yeah, but, uh, in here. But, but again, it's Horizon. It stars a woman. Like, I feel like we don't need to go too much further than that. Uh, spoilers, not spoilers, whatever it is. Um, mm. That is a triggering yeah. thing for people for some reason. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I'm interested in what this is going to result in because it's not like this is the first time um, this has happened, whether it's on the gaming side of things or on the um, entertainment side of things. And um, there's... A real question of like what the value is of the user scores on these things. And I understand that there's the demand for it and, and that people are asking, but it's like it seems more often than not that the user stuff kind of creates more 
issues than good when it comes to the the review side of things of giving it an actual like the 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 aggregated score side of it whereas the function of the website is to aggregate the scores of of critics but yeah. people want the balance of critics versus uh users to be able to present both sides of it but this is what both sides look like well this is why you don't trust an amalgamation of user reviews for starters so it's nice when it lines up and you're like well it seems like users agree but the the problem is like think of how many of your friends or the friends of your friends who you're like that was the dumbest take i have heard and like it's just this like dishwater and i'm not hating on a user review i think they're really important but what i'm getting at is like the gradient of understanding who's like a decent take it's really hard to separate that out they have like is this review helpful but you know people are saying the zero reviews are helpful so there's your your problem idiots helping other idiots but um one so be very careful of user reviews it's like sort of obvious is all i will say even i have a problem even with critic reviews in the sense I mean, of it, the whole thing is like be aware of the well, of the context of who the review is like right the, the, the whole conversation and this is going off topic just a little bit um, but a couple of weeks ago when the Mario movie drops and everyone's all up at a tizzy about the, the, the critics reviews versus the user reviews, who gives a shit? Like the critics reviewed the movie and that's what they thought they're like, should they like change, like lie and change their opinion about the movie? Like the people that are not attached to Nintendo or video games or Mario or whatever, watch that movie and it, it didn't resonate with them. That's fine. That's the review that they gave it. And you reading that. That context, I feel like, should be fairly obvious. And when you listen to them talk, when you read their reviews, they kind of make that explicitly clear in the words that are backing up their review. Yeah. Yeah. Just I a mean, that's sort of to it. rather important part of it. Yeah. But did, and I didn't get to finish what I was saying when I said I have a problem with critic reviews. What I mean by that is on Metacritic, it's a boiling down of a ton of reviews. And like, it's built to give you this, like, uh, it's like, you know, a guiding wind, but you're supposed to click on it and see who reviewed what, read what they said, who is the person doing the review, try to get familiar with them. You know, the point is, if you just take Metacritic reviews at that's how you get your reviews, I think you're doing a poor job of getting what, what might be really important information and takes for you. Like meaning Metacritic is just like a, you know, it's a guiding, hand, you know, wind. So be very careful with any, amalgamation of reviews totally you know? but i see my thing is i appreciate it because it that's what it is it is an amalgamation it is a snapshot and it is and my thing is these are critics that are vetted these are things that like it's not just a bunch of random people it's like these are people that are working for sites that are that have there's a credibility to it so there's an expectation that hey these people know what they're talking about for whatever reason it is that's not always going to be the case that's a problem that means that somewhere along the line somebody's not doing their job correctly um, but when it comes to the user side of things, there's no rules there. It's just kind of the wild west, but like, that is something to, to keep into consideration too, where again, I do see value in, in, in all of it, but I do think that it's just kind of unfortunate that, um, it kind of seems like the aggregate of the critic number represents a bunch of critics thoughts on this that don't need to re reflect yours. Don't even need to all be the same, any of that. Yeah. Yeah. But on the user side, um, it can easily be weaponized because there's not that barrier of entry of, qualification whatever that means so you can kind of like try to like push these weird narratives as opposed to actually reviewing the game people reviewing games on metacritic for the critics um are, are verified to have experienced the thing whereas the or at least they should be whereas the users 
are not being verified that they even watched that the people are reviewing game review bombing before the game's even out and again he, i i felt like this should have been fixed with the last of us you know straight up yeah like that and and so i'm i'm at the end of the day i'm happy that they're talking about it being a problem metacritic themselves acknowledging this and wanting to fix it i think is a step beyond the expectation i would have for this um but we'll see how quickly this kind of yeah. rolls out you know, and what it means you know what would be a reasonable step forward as a solution i don't know if it exists at all i, I don't think so but uh steam tracks your hours played and is an awesome awesome thing to do if you've never done this and you can't do it for burning shores obviously um it's not out on pc yet but you can go in and filter by people that played it for more than five hours more than 10 and you can literally start to see like it goes from the review bombs normally to the people who actually played it, you start to realize it's getting up to the sixes, the sevens, the eights, whatever it actually is. And you realize, yeah, like everybody's, they haven't even played it. Um, and what I was going to say is you look at a company like PlayStation in this case. Yeah, why doesn't, if they don't, which I don't think so, but like PlayStation have, should have official reviews as part of its site and hours played. And you should be able to filter by that. And then Metacritic could use that in an API and actually plug that in and say users who've played more than whatever even just three hours and they could literally expose that or something but i mean honestly i think stuff like that playstation should look into xbox should look into yeah if they haven't yeah uh, uh i think it was daryl in the chat said um that uh critics aren't scientists or something like like their their reviews don't matter the thing is it's the context i think context is the most important thing when hey. when what's up no, no, no. Well, my dad's a scientist, but critics, critics, <laughs> Dr. you're talking about my father, Fred Mirabella, yeah, the second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dr. Mirabella, the different guy. Uh, but no, like, <laughs> um, meaning, well, because I'm, I consider myself a critic. I assume you do too. I was like, hey, yeah. but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's the context. People come to me. I'm not saying that I'm a scientist. I'm not saying that my opinion no, that's more than you. It's, there's a context of you understand what I do. You understand mm -hmm. my knowledge base. You understand what we do here are kind of funny. There's an accountability that we hold each other to. There's an understanding that I, I'm not going to tell you I did something if I didn't. There's uh, a trust that um, when I play a game and I give a review, I'm going to tell you how much of it I experienced or didn't experience. Or like the, when I watch a movie, like the Mario movie, for example, I will give you the caveat of I loved it because I'm a lifelong Nintendo fan and it meant so much to me. And I saw it four times and I think it's wonderful. Yeah. That's very, that's the context of being a critic and like letting people know why your what your opinion is and why that matters when it comes to the use the, the user stuff it's like there's not that context yeah yeah I'm, I'm a lot swirling in my brain there one is no critics being a critic is not a science and it is not intended to be and the number if that's confusing you it is not about it being a science there is no right number and that was goes back to what i said is like you're supposed to know who did the review? What are the outlet standards? Who actually reviewed it, though? That's why every time I talk about reviews, I'm like, I don't say GameSpot reviewed it. I say Lucy James reviewed it or whatever, right? Like, I put a name to it, and it's super important. Um, so know who's doing the reviews. But my point is, if you don't need reviews, then, yeah, like, you don't need them. They're not for you. You just go and experience things, and if you regret it, it, and, and the money doesn't matter to you, then that's cool. Other people are like, I only buy two things a year. I'm kind of wondering, should I wait on this one? or not? And that's where it is a super valuable service for tons of people. Ultimately, that's what it's about. It's about saving you time because time is important to you and you'd rather go 
up to Napa if you live around here instead of playing this game because it sucks or the money part's really important and you can't afford to like waste your money on a middling product. And so critics are super important in that, but find the good ones, follow the good ones, et cetera. Um, it's super important. That's, that's why. The, yeah. yeah. That's the whole personality thing. And like, uh, like something that we offer, right. Of like our personal, oh, like geez. being able to connect and give our personal things that, uh, people can look at and be like, Oh, like I connect with like how Tim sees video games. It's all about, yes. you know, yeah. finding the people that, uh, see art similarly to you. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, when Kevin says something, you're like, oh, I'm the opposite of that for sure. But that's <laughs> like, because I know him, I'm like, well, that's helpful. That is helpful. That's, Kevin loves that it. Is I'm exactly hate my it. Point. Yeah. I'm just kidding, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if, if Kevin and Fran ever agree <laughs> on something, finding that out is so far away. Fran, if I want to know what's coming to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? Well, the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah. It's Tuesday, so we got a whole bunch of games. We have After Image on everything, Straight Lights on everything, Roots of Pacha on PC, uh, Trinity Trigger on everything, Stranded Alien Dawn on everything, Fairy Fencer F Refrain Chord on PC, PS4, 5, and Switch, Magical Drop 6 on PC and Switch, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Future Redeemed uh, DLC coming to Switch. I know a lot of people are excited about that, so enjoy your day with that. Uh, Drop System Breach on Switch and War Mongrels on everything. Uh, Deals of the day for you. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising on Xbox is $9.80 on Amazon, so you can check that out. Uh, I missed this. Some new dates. Ghostopia Season 1 launches May 23rd for the Switch, and Star Trek Resurgence launches May 23rd for Xbox One, Xbox Series X, PS4, 5, and PC. Um, let's do a thing I like to call kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to see what we got wrong during the show. Um, oh, my Lord. Either something is broken or we just didn't even get a single response today, Fran. Like, I know we didn't get Sounds like wrong, something's broken. Me and you are Every perfect. Time. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 10 out of 10. Never <laughs> fucking forget. That's a Metacritic review for you. That's a critical review, Snowbike Mike. Yeah, that's right. You're right, one of the user reviews. We're not one of these fucking users like Kevin Coelho <laughs> out there. It doesn't even make that's sense. Right. But, you know? trust that guy. Um, but yeah, nothing. Uh, not even editorializing. So, hey, I appreciate you all. Thank mm-hmm. you for keeping us honest by that. just letting us be honest. Oh, no, right? Kevin's here. Uh-oh. Kevin's what? here. Kevin's no, here. No, 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 no. We didn't say anything. What we want, we want what's something that you and Fran agree agree on? We actually agree on a lot. Oh, love chocolate milk. Oh, both did, love chocolate milk. Here we go. We did it, everyone. <laughs> but he's right. I do love chocolate milk. But what kind of chocolate milk, Kevin? Strauss chocolate Strauss. milk, everybody. Sounds good. Get on it. Uh, so we're about to wrap up the show right now, but I wanted to let you know that tomorrow's hosts are Blessing and me, and then Thursday, Blessing and WWE superstar Austin Creed is going to be here hosting Games Daily, then KFW, then the Greg Miller 40th birthday, and or not anniversary, birthday stream. Uh, it's going to oh be so God. much fun. We're all hanging out here. Uh, Austin will be hanging out with us. I can't wait to see him, uh, and I can't wait to celebrate Big Daddy Greg Miller for his 40th birthday 40 dang his birthday's this friday basically it is it is wow yeah uh, yeah uh thursday 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 yeah i um, gotta play star wars sorry i, I get it i get it it's i can't make thing. it grab just um and greg miller's birthday april 27th snowbike mike never forget this it's also my dog moose's third birthday oh all right. yes all right pompele moose 
third birthday, April Love 27th. Uh, and then Friday, it'll be me and Bless as well. So it's going to be a great week. So much fun stuff. Um, but remember, if you're watching live, we're trying something new. We're doing a little post-show to Games Daily to segue into the daily streams. We'll be answering all of your YouTube super chats. Snowbike Mike's going to join us, get the energy going. Uh, if you have questions about video games, if you have questions for Fran, I always love when we have special guests here because you get to kind of get some more uh, very specific. Destiny comment. If you want Destiny, <laughs> if you want some like some hair tips, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Fran's here. Ask the questions. We will answer them. Uh, but this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily, each and every weekday live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We come at you with all the video game news that you need to know. Uh, but until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.